welcome back to the Rage Rowdy Podcast. You're here with your co-hosts, Nikki T and Derek, and our special guest, Miss Megan Patrick. Hi. Hey, thanks for being here with us. My pleasure. Yeah, we're uh, here in Nashville. It's uh, Whiskey Jam weekend for us, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw Megan was in town, so we wanted to try to get with you while you're here. Yeah, I, thank you. I'm happy to hang out with you guys. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, just like your journey to Nashville, like how you got here from Canada and had a lot of success in Canada before you came down? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of always in the back of my head that this is where I wanted to end up. It was just kind of a matter of timing, and um, when that timing was, I mean, I, I started coming down here probably about, like, five years ago just to, to write and stuff, and um, and I thought about moving here actually probably almost four years ago, and then I ended up getting my record deal in Canada, so it kind of yeah. just made sense to stay put and establish myself and, and do my thing up there. Yeah. Um, and then two years ago, um, I was I was getting I was going on a my first kind of month long arena tour with uh, Tom Cochran actually, which was a kind of a random tour, but really fun. <laughs> it was good though because I mean Tom, you know, he he wrote Life's a Highway, and so he's definitely more on the kind of rock genre. But I mean, he's a legend, especially in Canada. Right. And so for me, it was like a really good exercise and just kind of having to work extra hard to win my crowd over because they really weren't my crowd. You know, they weren't necessarily country fans and they were kind of an older crowd. But, you know, it kind of, I feel like it really kind of sharpened my live chops because I had to just win them over every night and convince them that they wa- they wanted to like me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so I was doing that and um, I was kind of actually, at the time, I was kind of coming out of a long-term relationship and, and we had broken up just before I went on the tour and... I'm like, shit, like I need to find a place to live when I get home. <laughs> and I started looking at apartments and stuff and then I kind of thought, I'm like, wait a minute, why, like, why, why am I even gonna stay here anymore? Like, yeah. I should go to Nashville. So um, I made the decision and I, I came home um, from tour and the next day got up, packed all my stuff. By 6 a.m. the next day I had my truck and a trailer packed and I drove down and that was that. <laughs> so so um, when yeah. was that, two years ago? That was about two years ago, yeah. Awesome. So. Um, and it's, you know, it's definitely been, there, there have been some hard times. I mean, I I think I remember my, one of the first like weekends, um, I spent by myself in Nashville. My roommate was, was gone and it was Easter. So like everybody was with their families and, or gone or whatever. And, uh, that was also the the first time I, I found out that you can't buy wine on Sundays in Nashville (laughs) because I, I was like, I was really bummed out and just kind of feeling homesick and. So I, I remember I called my dad and I was crying. I'm like, I think I made a huge mistake. What am I doing? I'm so lonely and like I can't do this. And he was like, No. He's like, You're fine. This is exactly where you're supposed to do, to be. He's like, Just you know. He's like, Go get yourself a nice steak. Make yourself a nice dinner. A bottle of wine. Just everything's gonna be fine. So I did. So I went out and I got all the stuff to make this nice dinner and I had this wine ready to pay for it. And the guy that was ringing me through, he goes, You can't buy that. And I said. Like me personally, or like I'm, I'm, I'm I promise I'm of age. Here's my idea. Yeah. He's like, he goes, uh, uh-uh, uh, you can't buy that, and not on Sunday. And I said, well, like, is that an everywhere thing in Nashville? Or <laughs> like, like, I yeah. really need this right now. Please sell it to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it was definitely a, a tough transition at first, but now I mean, this is home, and I, I can't imagine being anywhere else. So yeah. So when you first got here, what was kind of the first move? Did you jump into the songwriter rounds? Um, yeah, I mean, even though I was new to like living here full time, I had been coming down here for a few years. So I did have some relationships that I'd already established, um, you know, just with songwriting and stuff. And, uh, and actually 
two of the first, very first people I, I met and became friends with when I moved here were Casey and Lainey. Oh, awesome. Which, I mean, I, I can't think of two better people. Right. Like, if, I, if I had my pick of everybody in Nashville to say, I wish this was the first person I met, it would, it would still be them because, I mean, they're just, they're two of my best friends or they're great songwriters and, and just, so they kind of, you know, I was very lucky to kind of get introduced to their circle of people and to, you know, to them and songwriters. And yeah, I think um, it was, I think it was around during like during CRS or something. Um, I was out with Lainey and she was going to play at Revival um, with Rob and I guess somebody had backed out at the last minute and Lainey had told Rob, she's like, yeah, you know, you should hear Megan. She's awesome. And he's like, well, do you want to just join this round? So that was my first round in Nashville oh, was, awesome. was with Rob and Lainey at Revival. Um, and then, yeah, and then it was just a lot of drinking and being out <laughs> all the time. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, you you, you have to do that. That's, yeah. that's how business is done in Nashville. That's your networking. Yeah, exactly. it's, yeah. it's networking and stuff. And that's something that a lot of people, um, I think, don't understand about the industry and especially a lot of guys that I've dated in the past, especially when they're working kind of like a nine to five, they just right. think I'm just out partying all the time. And that's really just not the case. I mean, I, most of the rights and relationships I've made here have been at losers or in a bar yeah. somewhere. Right. I mean, that's just kind of how things are done. So it's, it's midnight at Tin Roof and yeah. two AM at Losers. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's I mean, those are a great crew to fall into. If you mm -hmm. follow Megan on social media, you see her her circle of badass female country music. I have friends. the best I have never like I've never really had a lot a ton of female friends growing up. Like I was always kind of a tomboy and I just I didn't have a lot in common like with most of the girls that I grew up with or or anything like that. But coming here, I mean, I have so I have more girlfriends than I've ever had in my life and just just great friends that are just so talented and so driven and they understand we all understand each other and the same we're all going through the same struggles and the, and yeah. the same things and um and it's not competitive and it's not catty it's it's like a truly supportive and uplifting and amazing group of women i just feel very lucky to have that yeah i think it's cool too because like each of you guys in that group has like your own kind of little thing mm -hmm. so it's you're not exactly the same you're all yep. very different artists. we're all doing our own thing yeah for sure. it's yeah. great yeah, and you, you guys really do support each other. We do. I mean, even today, I think you were going to go see Lainey. Uh, <laughs> I don't know she's but, yeah. you know, it's like you guys try not to miss each other's shows. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we, we, we go out and see each other play as much as we can, um, you know, which is, which is huge because sometimes they might be the only people that do show up. True. So <laughs> surprising, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy here, too, like for people that aren't in the industry to understand that there's so much free music, right? Like, mm -hmm. Ticketed events are hard to sell in Nashville yeah. because oh, there's, for sure. there's so many freaking people that are playing for free, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And uh, so it's it's a little bit of a different dynamic than to pretty much anywhere else in the country. Nashville is a, a very tough crowd. Like yeah. doing showcases and stuff like that here, it's, it's really intimidating and, and difficult because <laughs> like you said, it's like pretty much can guarantee that almost anybody in that room is in the industry in some yeah. capacity. So it's like, yeah. it's not, it's not just a bunch of people that are there to get drunk and have a good time. They're there to like watch you and judge you. And yeah. <laughs> you know? Depending on where you go. Yes. Depending yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of your, your crew that you run with, mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about country music made me do it. And I know that you co-wrote what all the, all of the songs, right? Mm -hmm. um, did you write with any of, any of those ladies, or who, who did you um, work on with that? Well, uh, and actually, sorry, there is, there's one song on there that I didn't co-write on. Um, that was 
pitched me through uh, Kelly Archer and I have written together a bunch, so that was that was a, a song that she had written on. But yes, the other, the other songs I'd co-written on. Um, I actually most of that record was written before I moved here, so okay. I didn't really know um, a lot of the people that I, I write with now and a lot of those people at the time. Um, so that that record, a lot of the people I co-wrote on that record came through my producer Jeremy Stover. Um, so that's how I met Kelly Archer, who's also Canadian, but I mean she's been here for I think like over twenty years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's killing it. I mean, she just got you know two number two number ones in the last year or so. And Kelly's uh, Kelly's a great fit for me because um, you know I, I don't I'm not the most like feminine girl singer I guess. Like I, yeah. I don't I, I, I don't know how You're to say badass. this. I'm not I'm not trying to say this in like a <laughs> um, you know in like a condescending way towards female music. Yeah. I just think it's safe to say that most the, the kind of songs I write and the content and the way I write is not similar to the way most other females would yeah. write. And so, you know, I have difficulty sometimes in, in co-writes because they think they need to write those songs for me and it's just not me and it just doesn't suit me. But Kelly kind of always got that because Kelly's written a lot for guys. And, you know, and she's actually, she's got a great singing voice too, which is really similar to mine, same range and everything. So she's been great. And then Stover and I have written together a bunch, um, him and, and Dan Isbell, who's the other co-writer on Country Music Made Me Do It. Yeah. He's become one of my best friends. Um, Rodney Clausen, um, we had we had one on there as well, and he was kind of I was introduced to him through Chad Kroger, who produced my first record, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, and it was just kind of like he kind of did it as a favor, I think, to to Chad, and I I felt really weird about it, but they were like, whatever, man, like whatever gets you in the room, like just do it, and I was like, <laughs> okay, so I did, and I went in, and we wrote this song, and then. You know, I kind of just figured like, well, he did the favor. I'll never hear from him again. And then he reached out. He's like, hey, that was that was awesome. I'd love to write with you again. And so we have written a bunch more since then, which That's is awesome. cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's all been just it's funny how things work here, you yeah. know. But if there's anything I've learned, like you've just got to show up yeah. on the days when you're tired or you're sick or you don't think you have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. You've just got to show up and you've got to take every opportunity because if you don't, there's like 10 other girls behind you that would love to take it yeah. instead. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, uh, I think a common theme in our podcast is say yes to the things that you can say yes to. And yeah. try to do as much as you can. Because Absolutely. It's pe- what some people call luck is actually drive, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. It's luck is, but you're in the right place at the right time and you're right. with the right people. And You never yeah, know. That's it. Yeah, that's one thing's happening. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think uh, one of the first times I saw you play was at that crawfish boil. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. Charity yeah, event. Yeah, that was, yeah, that a, was fun. That was a really cool event. And then uh-huh. you came and played our, our charity round yeah. at CMA Fest last year. That was year. great. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, by the way. Alan Jackson's bar. That was awesome. Yeah. That was our first like real event. Yeah. That was so, great. That was, yeah. that was a good time. Um, yeah, those, those rounds are fun and I've never, like, you don't really have stuff like that in Canada. Like for, I've, I'd never really experienced that whole kind of thing until I came here and it's nice to be able to have that kind of situation where you can just kind of tell the story behind the song and, you know, and just people actually listen. Yeah. <laughs> so your, your label is Warner Canada. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Like being in Canada and then being here, like, how's that? Um, so basically um, I mean, without getting into, you know, the nitty gritty of yeah. my, my contract, um, you know, when I, when I first went in with Warner Canada, they knew that, that my intention was to come down here and that this was yeah. kind of my end game and, and sort of my bigger picture. Um, so they've always known that I've, I've wanted to come down here and get a record deal down here. So, um, basically, you know, we're, we're trying to find somebody that we can partner with and do sort of like a, a joint venture thing. Makes sense. I mean, 
it would make it would be the easiest to do it with Warner Nashville. Right. But if that's not the right place for me here, then that's not the right place. I right. mean, at the end of the day, it's not just the label or the name; it's the people that work there and finding yeah. you know your champion. So, um, we've got. I think we've. I've I've been able to make some really great relationships over the last couple of years, so I yeah. think we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Awesome. Um, in that regard, and trying to get the ball rolling. I mean, I love Canada. I'll always play there. I'll always go back there. Um, but you know, the reality is, it's just not as big of a market. You know, yeah. and and for me especially as somebody who enjoys being on the road more than anything, there's just only so many places that you can that you can tour and really and make money, yeah. you know? And so, you know, I just, I, I want to be in a market in a place where I can tour all year, all the time and, and never run out of, you know, places to go. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's just kind of, you know, this is just sort of the bigger picture. And I mean, this is where the biggest saturation of the best songwriters and artists yeah. are. And I want to put myself up against that, you know? Yeah. And I think if you haven't seen Megan's live show, <laughs> it's uh it's a pretty special thanks I, I know Derek and I were at CMA Fest and we saw you guys like when you were back to back with Mitchell and yeah those were two of our favorite sets oh my gosh it was so hot it was so hot I almost I'm not kidding I almost threw up in the middle of that set it was so hot it was so bad I remember like thinking I, f I think it was I forget what song it was but I was getting ready to just like belt out this big note and I literally was like please God, do not let vomit come out of my, <laughs> my mouth when I try and sing this note because I was not okay up there. Oh, yeah, it was aggressively hot. I was just yeah. sitting there sweating, thinking, man, I'd love to go inside that air conditioning, but you guys kept us out there the Yeah, time. well, naturally, this this Canadian thought it would be a good idea to wear, you know, over-the-knee leather boots and all leather because why wouldn't you do that when it's like 150 degrees outside? Yeah, sleeves were rough that way. <laughs> <laughs> it was aggressive. But yeah, yeah, that was uh, one of our favorite things. And then, man, last time I was down here, we saw you at that whiskey jam. Oh man! And uh, the outdoor one? No, well, we saw that, but the last one, the heavy. Oh, oh okay, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. And it was it was really cool to see you command that room. That's a tough room sometimes to take over because everybody's it is, partying. Yeah. It is for sure. But you know, that that's for me, I think like that's, that's what I do. I, you know, I think that's one of my strengths and something that kind of sets me apart, especially as a female artist is just trying to bring the party and the, and the energy and stuff. I mean, you know, if you, if you listen to my records, there's always going to be a softer kind of more vulnerable side. But, yeah. but my thing is, is, you know, I mean, if you listen to my set, it's a pretty like heavily kind of rock influence set actually. Yep. I mean, it's pretty gritty and I, and that, because honestly, you know, I grew up with more classic rock and Southern rock than I ever did country. I mean, country was something that I came into kind of on my own, like went probably in like my early twenties, like late teens. So, yeah. you know, I'm very heavily rooted in, in rock and in Southern rock. So you can definitely hear that and see that in my live show. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, your determination just pours out of you. When you're <laughs> stage, and you really get everyone's attention yeah. when you're up there. Oh, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, I will make you. <laughs> yeah, you just, you can see it on your face and your eyes and just, like I said, just pouring out of you. Um, if anyone hasn't seen Megan, you need to get out and see her. Um, so speaking of, in the coming months, mm -hmm. where can we see you perform? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of laying low a little bit for touring and stuff, but I do have a couple full band shows coming up. I'm playing January 22nd um, at Doghouse. 
um, and then February 6th at Bus Call. So that should be really fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a bunch of new tunes because um, we're we're getting ready. I mean, that's what I've been doing is just kind of writing and getting ready for this this next record. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm just gonna bust out a bunch of new songs that are gonna go on the new the new record. So you guys should come come hang. Yeah. Let me know what you think. So you're in the Let studio. me know if you think they're shit before I record them. <laughs> yeah, we will, we will. Um, so yeah, so you're in the studio now. Um, um, we haven't we haven't started cutting the record yet. Um, I've just been kind of writing and just like doing demos and stuff like that and okay. kind of figuring out um, because we are we are going to release down here and kind of do a push in the U.S. which we haven't really done before. I mean, my music's always been available in the U.S. Right. through you know Spotify and stuff, but we never mm-hmm. didn't we've never done actual kind of promotion and like a push or radio or anything down here. So that's yeah. that's kind of the plan for this next record. So it's kind of a weird position to be in because in a way this is my third record, but here it's kind of my first. So I'm trying to find you know the right songs that are in line with what I've already been doing, but also kind of makes sense for somebody who's kind of being introduced to like a new market. So, and, and finding stuff that, you know, is, is going to appeal to this market as well. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, you just had your first uh, number one up in Canada. (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Again, following you on social media. It's really cool to see that. And I know we had texted a little bit and you Mm -hmm. were like, I was like, Hey, what are you pushing right now? And you're like this. And it's, it's, it's pushing for number one. Yeah. I was like, yes. Man. <laughs> so stoked for you. It was crazy. You know, it, it was kind of a, I mean, this was, this was my seventh single, I think, out in Canada. Um, and it was kind of at a point where, you know, it was like people just assumed I had number ones. Yeah. And, and I didn't. And it kind of, it was almost like embarrassing. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was the, the two-time female artist of the year. Yeah. But I mean females just weren't getting number ones at radio i mean this even even like Lindsay l was the first canadian female to get a number one in canada this earlier this year in 10 years but even then i mean you know yeah Lindsay is born in canada but she'd been putting music out in canada for a while like even before i was even kind of had, had gotten started and they, they didn't give her that kind of love until she became really relevant down here and got a U.S. record deal and went out with Brad Paisley and Keith Urban and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it was almost like even for her, they didn't give her the, the love that she deserved until she was relevant down here. And that and it's not just for women. It's Canadian artists in general. It's actually really rare for a Canadian artist to get a true number one yeah. with the other American artists that are up there. So. There's you a know, lot of talent in Canada too, specifically. There, there is. Know. There's there's great there's great stuff coming up, and it's just you know it's it's kind of frustrating you know trying to figure out why radio wouldn't wouldn't get behind it, and I kind of, you know, and for me especially, I had something to prove um, with this song. I had I had fired my management, and I was doing everything myself. So I got this number one without a manager, and it's because I was on everybody's ass every single day. I was like, what do we need to do? What do I need to do? I was reaching out to radio. I'm like, do you want an interview? You want, what do you need? Yeah. Let's make this happen. I'm the two-time female artist of the year, and I've, and I've never had a number one. Yeah. What's it going to take? Yeah. And, and this song especially was kind of, you know, when we decided to put this song on, not only on the record, but as a single, it was a risky song. I mean, it's it's the content is heavier and a little bit darker and a little more controversial than certainly than anything else you hear on the radio now. It wouldn't be that way if you look, you know, back in like say the 90s or right. more traditional country. And then at some point it just became like not okay to talk about that stuff, I guess, in country. <clears throat> Which is fine. I mean, there everybody needs feel good party songs and and everything, but you know, there's I think that what the the roots of country music are based in based on just the, the realness and the everyday stuff that's really kind of not so pretty, you know? And 
I think, I mean, the, the reality is the standard is most people come from broken homes and parents yeah. who are split up. And there's there's a whole effect that ripples down through a family when, when parents split up. And, you know, sometimes it's a really ugly breakup. And then sometimes, you know, the, the kids and everybody around it has their own way of dealing with it. And sometimes it's drugs or drinking or whatever it is. And, you know, I just wanted all the people that have been through that, you know, it wasn't just my story. It was a, a combination and a compilation of a lot of people's stories just to know, like, you're not weird. You're not crazy. Like this is normal and, it, and this is okay, you know, and people, and it really resonated with people and people got behind it. So, um, it's, it's a number one is special in any yeah. way, shape or form. But the fact that this song was my first number one was huge and really special. So that's awesome. Yeah. And a week apart from Mitchell's number one, which yeah. is crazy. We've been drunk for a month straight. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so yeah, quite, um, quite a journey from, the Stone Sparrows. Yeah. So now, um, yeah. You hit 45,000 followers this week, I believe, mm-hmm. on yeah. Instagram. So weird. Um, <laughs> crazy trip, huh? Yeah. yeah. No, it's funny you bring up the Stone Sparrows. Actually, I was looking through. My mom had sent me a bunch of old photos. I don't know if you saw the one I posted yesterday of me as a little gymnast. And she sent mm-hmm. a few um, pictures of just the Stone Sparrows. And there was one of myself, another lead singer, on the just on the street corner busking. And, and I think about the fact you know, when I start getting really down on myself, which, which I do, I'm very hard on myself. I'm a perfectionist. I always want more. I'm extremely impatient. (laughs) You know, I'm just like, but then I looked at that picture and remembered, Hey, you were literally busking on a street corner for like rent money and grocery money, you know, six years ago. So you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's all good, you know, but it's all, it's all part of the journey, you know, pointing in the right direction. And yeah, I mean, the talent's there. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> so you're going to get there eventually. It's uh, It is definitely still a tough scene for women in general in the country mm-hmm. music community. You know, it's I get I get asked about it a lot and you know, it's a tough conversation to have because I think some of what I have to say about it is not the popular opinion and people will twist it around, but um, I'm going to say it anyway because I think it needs to be said because here here's the thing. I mean, First of all, I don't think it's some big conspiracy against women. Um, I don't think it's that the industry is full of misogynists. You know, I, I don't. I, I think that they are there. I, in right. fact, I know that they're there. I know that they exist. But I don't think that's why this is happening. I think that part of it is just it's just a natural ebb and flow of 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 music in the industry. I mean, you look back in the '90s, there were tons of women at the top of the game. You know, Shania and Trisha and Reba. I mean, Shania is like one of the greatest selling country artists of all time, and she's a female and she's Canadian. So I'm not worried about, you know, what my roadblocks are. I'll get there one way or the other, you know. And I think what happened was, you know, that was the thing. And then bro country came in. And whether you hate it or you like it or you feel somewhere in between, the the fact is is that it brought in a whole new audience. It it expanded the the genre in a big way, which I think is great for everybody. And unfortunately, just the that particular, you know, aspect of country music that bro country thing it just kind of it there just really wasn't a place for women in it not not really sonically and not really content certainly not content wise and so it just didn't and it, and it blew up and there was nothing anybody could do about it because that's what people wanted to hear yeah. so that's what got put on radio and that's what happened and um you know again I, I don't think it was like an intentional like let's not include women thing it just the music itself didn't lend itself to being 
a, a place for women, you know, and a few women try to do it. And some of them, you know, there were some that found their niche. And I mean, like Kelsey Ballerini, you know, she kind of found her niche in that sort of sound. And I mean, it's not, it's not my thing, but I love the fact that a young woman did what she did, you know, three number ones right off the bat. That's awesome. You know, and then there were other females that kind of also sprouted from that more kind of pop side of things. So we've got that covered for women. I think that, but there are a lot of other women, you know, like myself and Lainey and Hannah and, and Casey and all these girls that are still more on the traditional side, a little more gritty, you know, yeah. a, a little less, you know, pop star. And, and, you know, that's, and all we need to do is just wait for the right timing, yeah. keep working on what we're doing, write better songs, put on a great show, you know, work harder than everybody. I mean, because at the end of the day, like the cream will rise to the top, and yeah. it, and there are people out there that want to hear this music, and we just need to kind of play the game right and and keep our heads down and keep working. And I just think that it, I, I guess my unpopular opinion is that I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about this issue. I'm just saying I think some people go about it the wrong way, and it comes off whiny and just like kind of complaining and and victimizing yourself. And if there's anything. You know, I, I was not raised that way, and that's not the way I handle. I'm I'm not going to be a victim, and I'm not just going to say I'm just going to work harder. I'm just going to prove them wrong. Yeah. You know, and 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 again, that's I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about it or create awareness about it. I just think that there's, you know, there are different ways that we could be going about changing the way things are going for us that that will be received better by the people we're trying to convince. You know. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool opinion, and I think uh, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think the tide is. Turning, right? I think so too. It's just natural. It, it yeah. always has, and it always will. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that there, I think there are some women and people that are doing. You know, we're doing ourselves a disservice by just getting, you know, beat down by it and and complaining about it and saying how unfair it is. Like, yeah, it is. I mean, dude, it pisses me off. I am a woman too, but it's it's not going to change anything by just complaining and especially when you start you know finger pointing and placing the blame well the you know that's kind of biting the hand that feeds you yeah. know and yeah i mean i have a hard time with that too i like to say exactly what i think and if i think you're being a dick or if i think you're you know not being fair then i'd like to say something about it but you got to be smarter than that you yeah. got to you got to think you got to think in a business sense and think okay yes this is wrong yes it pisses me off but how am i going to beat it yeah. You know, and it might not, and it might just be just keeping your head down and keep writing great songs because a great song is a great song. Yes. Nobody can deny that. Yeah. You could be the most misogynistic asshole on the planet, but if a female walks in with a great look and with an audience and a song that's an undeniable hit, he's going to put that song on the radio or he's going to sign that girl to a record deal. Yeah. That's, that's a bottom line because yeah. money will speak louder than anything else. Yeah. So I just think that if we, all, if we change kind of the perspective a little bit and the way that we go about it, I think it, it will be... I think we'll prevent, uh, sorry, present like a, a stronger front and be able to kind of make the changes we're looking for. But I don't know. Some I, I get scared to say that because I feel like people are going to take pieces of that and twist it around like, oh, Megan doesn't support women and blah blah blah. <laughs> you know, so which is not true. Obviously, I am a woman and I'm right. I'm exposed to this all the time. I just I spend a lot of time thinking about it because it is a it is an issue. There is an imbalance. There's no doubt. But it's just being smart about how to change it. You know. And I think the more you support each other, and I think that's one of the best parts about the country music community is the women of country music have banded together and they support each yeah, other. Yeah, absolutely. Know, like we talked about with your friendship group, but not even just that, but other women in the industry as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, a, a very important part to, yeah. I think, writing that ship and getting it 
more towards that. I, I agree 100%. I think we and definitely need to need to support each other. And, and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, like, for example, you know, Kelsey or whatever, like, her music is not, it's not something that particularly speaks to me right. on, on a, like, artistic or musical level. But regardless, she's very good at what she does. She, she deserves the success she's had. And I'm going to support that. Yep. Whether, whether it's a record I'd buy or not, like, I'm right. happy for her. Like, more power to her because, you know, success for, for one of us is success for all of us, I think. And, 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 it, and the thing that what, what pisses me off about this, too, is that this whole atmosphere that's happening right now with there's so few spots for women to, you know, whether it's a festival slot or a, a, a spins at radio or whatever it is, it's, it has kind of, in a way, like pitted women against each other yeah. because you, they've forced us to be, feel competitive towards each other and forced us to resent each other because there's just no room for all of us. You know, there's just not, I mean, I've had, you know, other female friends of mine that are artists in Canada, you know, go into radio stations and, you know, with their new song and them say, yeah, you know, we like it, but we're already spinning Megan. And like, so, you know, and, and I'm like, well, that pisses me off. I'm like, I'm sorry. I think there's probably room for more than one female, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, and, but I was the, the girl going into the radio station before being told, well, we're already spinning so-and-so, yeah. you know, and it's like, what? That makes no sense. Yeah, they're not saying that about the guys. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, and I can promise you no guy's ever walked into a label and then be like, we think you're really great. We've just, we just signed another guy, though. Yeah. We've just got a lot of guys on our roster, so, you know, yeah, it sorry. Exist. Yeah. I've heard that. I've literally been told, well, they just signed another girl. I'm like, that girl is six foot two with red curly hair and sings pop country. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, this is something I just made up, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, that girl's nothing like me. We don't sound the same. We don't have the same audience. We don't have the same songs. Who fucking cares, yeah. dude? <laughs> like, the, that shouldn't matter, you right. know? But, hey, I mean, it's just, it, it, there are things that are wrong, but, you know, sitting around and just bitching about it is not going to be what changes it. Just yeah. becoming better. And because at the end of the day, people want to rally around and band around winners and people who are strong and who are confident not people who are victims yeah. so you know be a winner be confident be strong don't let this bullshit kind of drag you down and just stay on your path and be confident about it and and people are going to want to get behind that yeah people want to get behind strength yeah you know and i think it's great seeing you put that out there and i think it's awesome <clears throat> for others to hear that and see that I think that's just the kind of person you are, and it's awesome to see. Thank you. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. This is just me thinking about stuff and trying to figure it out like anybody else, and I could be way off, but, um, I mean, that, that's just the way that I was raised to think, and I just, you know, I, I, I want I want all, the, all these great women that I see working so hard with such great music to, you know, to have the opportunity to shine, and so, you know, we have to figure out the right way to make that happen, but I think we're on a good path, and I think that uh, there's going to be a big change in Tide in the next year or so, with, yeah. especially with, you know, and I feel lucky to say that a lot of those girls are my friends, so yes. I'm just really proud of all of them, so. That's, uh, that's as you see from our social media and posts, that's the people that we're most excited about, too, so. Well, and that's why I'm so happy to, to talk with you guys, because you guys have just been such a great support to me and to all those girls, and all, the, not just the girls, too, I mean, there's lots of great, you know, male artists that I think are, are being kind of under the radar and are getting the attention they should, you know, yeah. and, and you guys are always the first to be on top of that. So thank you for that. Thank you guys for being great. We're yeah. <laughs> try, trying to be a little tiny help that we can. <laughs> well, every, every bit counts, man, for yeah. sure. 
Well, thanks so much for coming. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for being here. Um, we're going to have Megan play us a song. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, thank you guys for uh, listening. We'll see you in the front row. So uh, I wrote this song with Lainey Wilson. Um, we were just going to have dinner and kind of hang out and drink some wine, and we were just talking about how it's funny, you know, when you're younger, you see, like, you know, things in movies or whatever, and you're like, um, or, or just hear stories and you're like, well, that'll never happen to me, you know? And then you get a little bit older and unfortunately, you know, some of those things do happen, you know, and sometimes they're really bad things, really, really difficult things. Um, and you get your heart broken and your trust betrayed and, you know, you say, well, I'll never be that girl. And then all of a sudden one day you wake up and you are, and, uh, you know, and then you start thinking, well, you know, I'm never going to find love or I'll never be happy again. And that, that'll never happen to me. Um, and then it does too. So that was kind of, we, we both had kind of a, a weirdly similar story of, you know, being with somebody who was cheating and then the cheating led to a baby and, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a weird scenario, but, uh, I think we're both in uh, pretty great places now. So it's called happened to you.
never thought I'd find a man like you Who can love me like he was born to Every day I fell for you It's like I forgave love Ain't it funny how you think it'll never happen to you Then it does Ain't it funny how you think it'll never happen to you 